Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg, along with Brandon Wallace, our producer, Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studio in Laurel. Glad you're with us today. It's Thursday. That means we'll go to the Gulf Coast shortly and visit with our buddy Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We'll also be talking about basketball. The Golden Eagles back on the basketball floor in just a few hours from now. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Sports. You can enjoy their delicious meats cooked in-house every day. And if you've got a special event coming up, Dickie's is the phone call you need to make. They'll cater any event for you, large or small, church, office, private, doesn't matter to Dickie's. They'll prepare the delicious food, bring it to you if that's what you want, even serve it if need be. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, uh, proud supporters of Southern Miss Sports. So we're glad to have them, of course, on the Eagle Hour. Our first guest today, no stranger to our show, one of our very favorite people, head baseball coach Scott Berry, joins us uh, on this edition of the Eagle Hour. And, uh, Coach, uh, Happy New Year to you. How many days till baseball season, Coach? Uh, 29. 29. Under 30. Be like making one of those paper chains like you were when you were a kid yeah. for Christmas. You know, you tear one off Under every day. 30 days. Yeah. Boy, that's pretty exciting. I'll have to uh, I'll put a smile on my face the rest of the day, Kelly Sander. All right, Coach, lots to talk to you about in this segment. Uh, but before we get to the field and before we get to practice and all, I know there's a big event coming up that's important to the baseball program, and that's the uh, baseball banquet that, that everybody looks so forward to all year. Tell us when and where and how people can attend that, Coach. Well, it's uh, it, it's going to be January 25th. It's our annual dugout club banquet or first pitch banquet, however you want to refer to it. But it's an annual event uh, that's been going on now since 2004, I believe. Uh, it's, a, it's a time for everybody that likes baseball, uh, not just Southern Miss baseball, but baseball in general as, as it's quickly approaching as we just talked about 29 days. But it's a chance to, to meet our team and and see these uh, see these young men in, in their uniform tops and, and kind of put a face with a number uh, throughout the night. We enjoy a good meal. Uh, there's going to be an excellent program. We'll have former Cy Young Award winner Jake Peavy, who's going to be our guest speaker. Uh, he's also a uh, Triple Crown winner as well, was a part of two World Series championship teams. So uh, Mobile native, but... Very excited about Jake uh, and, and him being able to come up to uh, to our event and really kind of share his life and his story with us. Uh, you know, something that you and I don't get every day uh, out of these wow. kind of uh, celebrities, as, as we refer to them. So uh, that's going to be on the 25th. It's going to be at 6 o'clock at the Thad Cochran Center, the third. Uh, it's be the third floor of the ballroom, and you can call Colin Cargill, my director of baseball operations, here at the uh, baseball office, and uh, that number, I believe, is 601-266-8000. Uh, 
And six five four nine, I think. I'm not really sure. I never saw it. Four two, Coach. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let me check here. Let's see if I can find it. Well, I can't find it. So I'll two six 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 five four two, Coach. Six five four two. There, there you go. go. Two six 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 five four two, and uh, it is limited to the first four hundred. I'm not sure where that number is right now, but we're uh, we're approaching a week away this Saturday, so it's it's filling up pretty quick. So it is thirty five dollars a person to get in. Uh, we will have a silent auction uh, as well, memorabilia that will be set up. But it's just a great uh, entertaining night of just uh, of, of fun learning the, the 2020 Golden Eagle baseball team. We'll have a where are they now. A segment with a former uh, Golden Eagle baseball player that people will recognize. I won't announce who it is right now, but kind of kind of give you an idea of where that young man is today and and how how Southern Miss baseball and the University of Southern Mississippi played in his career and where he is. Good deal. Well, I'm sure there must be. They could probably go to the SouthernMiss.com website. Is that correct? And get some information, or maybe the Dugout Club website too. Probably your best bet, honestly, Bob, is to call that 601-266-6542. Okay. All right. Well, want to encourage everybody to do that. I know that's an important fundraiser for the Dugout Club. And as you say, it's always a great deal of fun, no question. All right, Coach, how's the new field looking? Doing well. You know, I wish it was a little drier uh, so that they could – consistently work uh, like you know like they want to they they certainly wish they were done with the project right now but you know i think bob honestly i think uh monday they'll probably hand us the keys to it say take it off and so we're right there this weather's kind of slowed us down a little bit the only thing they have left is they're putting the infill material in in the actual turf fibers and and standing those up and what that is is that's the sand that's the rubber that's all the mix that goes in there that actually creates the pad that, that we play on. So mm-hmm. you can't do that when it's wet because it'll stick to the top of the fiber. And what we're trying to do is is, is work that thing all the way down. So they worked uh, late the last two nights. They've been burning the, uh, the lights uh, just trying to make up for time that they lost because of rain prior. Mm-hmm. Has it met your expectations? Is, is it what you had hoped it would be now that you see it with your own eyes? Visually, yes. You know, I've yet to step foot on it and, and, and watch the ball play. Uh, that will come with time, obviously. But I feel very confident that I'm going to uh, uh, be very, very pleased with that as well. But from a aesthetic standpoint of being able to just sit there and look at it, it's absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, there's some other things, too, that we've added uh, in the facility that will be announced here in the next couple of days that will give fans an opportunity to invest in if they like. It's a neat opportunity, but I'll wait uh, until uh, Sports Information uh, releases that, which should come out in the next day or two. Coach, when they design this with all the science and technology available, what what do they say, um, what is your understanding as far as the longevity of this particular turf and how, how long should it last under normal conditions? Well, I think that's all... Um, consistent with how well you take care of it you know in all honesty i don't think it's any different than you know your car your house or anything else uh if you neglect it uh you don't take care of it then certainly things are going to wear down quicker than we we want so uh i'm pretty meticulous about uh, taking care of things and particularly baseball fields up to this point in my career it's always been natural grass but this is uh, transitioning into a 
synthetic grass surface, but you know they they the warranty is eight years. But I have a, a coaching friend over in North Georgia University that I have been told uh, by Field Turf that I need to get with him on how they take care of their field because his field's six years old. And they say it looks just like they put it in yesterday. Mm. So I've actually talked to Tom Cantrell, uh, old JUCO rival out of, out of Georgia, Georgia, and he's actually going to put together a video for me on how they take care of send it over. So Field Turf Maintenance 101 is, is the video <laughs> I'm waiting on. But well, and Norm- I can't wait. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really uh, diminish a lot of the, the maintenance that we've had uh, with the natural grass, but you know, there's going to be some upkeep to it, and we will certainly uh, hold that to a high standard because I want this to last. Uh, I want it to last 12, 15 years. I don't care. You know, I believe if you take care of something, it, it'll last. And really, if the warranty is for eight years, you would certainly think that if you do take care of it, it would. It's reasonable sure. that it would last twelve sure. years, twelve to fifteen right. years. You know, I, I hear I hear the number ten as as pretty much that that median of of what a turf field that people talk about last. I know uh, with our own football field, you know, they, I've heard them talk in terms of 10 years. So I feel like that, you know, if we take care of this like, like we are, then we'll get, we'll exceed 10 years. With and is it like a lot of things, coach, let's say in 10 years, when it, let's say you had to do some replacement in 10 years, it wouldn't be like starting over. Is that correct? Correct. All you would yeah. do is, is replace the, the actual turf and the material that goes in it. And that is uh, well under the cost of what the the subgrade work costs. So, you know, like Troy, when they replaced their baseball field a few years ago, they just ripped up the old carpet and put the new down. So, mm-hmm. uh, And I think theirs was uh, probably nine or ten years old when they did that, and it was like $400,000 to replace that. So mm-hmm. the initial cost on the front end is high, but... On the back end, it, it lowers itself in, in that replacement cost. All right, Coach, can we hold you over short break? want to talk about the team a little bit with you while we have you here. Is that good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Head baseball coach Scott Berry is on the Eagle Hour. We're going to come back and talk some Southern Miss baseball, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. Quick reminder, Ramey's, we're back on the road. The The road show starts back up tomorrow, Kelly Sander, and we'll be at Ramey Motors uh, down in Purvis, and then pretty much somewhere every Thursday and Friday. We're going to get in T-shirts. The foreseeable future. Yeah, and then the group foreigner called us. They want us to open for them for eight straight weeks. Is that right? On the road. Well, yeah, we'll so. have to consider that. <laughs> I agree. All right, more with Coach Scott Berry. We'll get Luke involved in the conversation. Talk some Golden Eagle baseball. Our favorite subject next on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon, broadcasting from both our First Bank studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. 
CampusBookmark.net, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we are big supporters of them. They've got the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. You can visit them six days a week right there on Hardy Street across from the campus or if you're in other parts of Mississippi listening in this afternoon, and we're glad you are, you can go to CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. Let's get Luke Johnson involved in here. Luke, uh, Coach Berry. Coach, so we got all this, um, you know, new field for the guys to play on. What's the schedule? We we heard around January fifteenth, January sixteenth, team will start being getting back on campus. What's the uh, next uh, few weeks look like for your baseball squad? Well, we actually reported back yesterday. Yesterday was report day. Uh, we ran our, we ran our um, traditional mile run, uh, which they all look forward to, and uh, <laughs> everybody was able to complete that. So they're eligible to to practice under under our rules, uh, and that's baseball rules. So we did work out yesterday. We're in our small group session as far as that goes. Official practice won't start until the 24th of January, which is a week from tomorrow. And then that's when we'll be full-blown for the next three weeks up to opening day there on February 14th. What is uh, preseason? A lot of people think preseason. They think football, um, baseball. People's general reaction is it's a little more laid back. What is your philosophy on preseason uh, leading up to the season for the guys? Well, I think it's two things. You know, the physical part is we got to make sure that our guys in the next four weeks are game ready, in shape. You know, when they left here for Christmas break, they were in shape, uh, and we gave them a plan to to continue that over over break. But you and I both know, uh, a long time ago I was their age too, and I did a lot of things besides working out to get ready for baseball when I came back. But, uh, you know, it got to a certain point of that break where you started transitioning, hey, i got to be in shape. So we're hoping that, uh, you know, that they did stay themselves in shape. Where It's not a, a great deal uh, for us to get them to where they need to play. Second thing is, is just mentally. You know, we put in all of our philosophy – and everything that we do as a team, from communication to to rules with bunt defenses, uh, fly ball communication to relays to uh, signs, everything was put in in the fall. Uh, there's been some time that has elapsed just since then, so maybe we've forgotten some of that stuff. So our job in this preseason is basically to to review that, to refresh on it. Uh, you know, if you ask any player on the team, they probably say, oh, man, I, I'm ready to play right now. We don't even need to do this the next four weeks. But from a coach's standpoint, we certainly do because we need everybody on the same page whenever we take that field on, on February 14th to try to eliminate any kind of mistakes uh, that we might have. So that's that's the way that we approach this right now from here until opening day. Coach Scott Barry, some floodgates have opened at the major league level in news this past week where the Houston Astros front office has been cleaned out. The uh, manager, A.J. Hinch, who is World Series championship to his uh, credit, the Boston Red Sox manager, Alex Cora, was fired all over uh, stealing signals and things like that. Does this? I wanted to get your opinion, Scott, from a major league standpoint. It, doesn't this kind of go against the old adage that all's fair and love and war? If you steal signals, that's that's part of the game, isn't it? Your thoughts? Well, no, I don't think it is when you start using technology. I think that's when you certainly you cross the line. You, you actually erase the line, and and uh, I think that's what's happened here when we see these clubs that are doing that. I mean, it's been going on. Sign steal has been going on forever. Sure. Uh, just on the field, you know, at second base, you always use more than one one sign. You have indicators. You know, every team's trying to decode my signs at third base. They're trying to decode 
the pitches uh, that are that are sent in. I mean, that's been going on and and continues to be a big part of the game. You know, there's been pitchers in the past that if you're trying to steal signs at second base, the next time you come up, you know, if you're Roger Clemens, you're getting drilled. I mean, you're not going to steal, <laughs> steal signs anymore. You know, you can't necessarily play that old school baseball like like they did at that time. But when you start using technology, you know that that to me is is uh, is is a big big no no. And what these clubs have done, trying to get that advantage is is. Uh, is not good for baseball or any other sport as far as that. No, sure. Since you talked about technology, though, would you ever foresee uh, either tomorrow or you know somewhere down the road that the need for umpires would be eliminated, that you could essentially have robotic or whatever, not necessarily, but, but the video would determine whether it's a ball or a strike? Would you ever foresee that? I don't think to that magnitude. Obviously, it's moving in that direction with a lot of technology and video replay and, and your uh, your pitch pitch zone on TV with your where, where they are in the box or they out of the zone. But I don't think you will ever be able to to just replay uh, replace the physical uh, body of an umpire on that field. Certainly, if they do, then I'm probably done. I'm I'm done with the game. I'm I'm not going there with all that. So I think there's a there's a big part of that that's just the human element has to be present and and to not turn it over just totally huh. to uh, to technology. And that's a great part of the game, yelling at the umpire. I mean, who are you going to yell at if there's no? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Since I've gone to instant replay, there's hardly any arguments anymore. I mean, there's right. no rejections, and you know, I'll, I'll follow some like. Um, some of these old school Twitter sites where they have Earl Weaver and, and uh, Billy Martin, Marky Anderson, and Billy Martin, <laughs> and you know, I mean, those are classics. I mean, mm-hmm. they are excellent classics. And you know, the umpires, what was great is they they kind of took it. I mean, they kind of enjoyed. It. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't enjoy it today. I understand back in the day that Corky Palmer would get so upset sometimes on the dugout that he would wake up. <laughs> He's had a few choice words for him. I yeah. so, uh, but no, I hope we never get to that extreme in our game or, or any sport. Right, you know. I agree. Coach, let's get back to your team while we have a couple of minutes left. What from a from a position standpoint, when your guys take the field on the fourteenth, what will be the biggest change fans see you believe from a position standpoint? Well, there won't be Matt Warner in right field or hitting at home plate. Right. So that'll be a, a major one there. You know, I don't – we lost a lot of power, Bob. I mean, in all honesty, uh, a lot of home run power. I think right now that we're going to see a little different team and the fact that uh, I like our pitching. I think we have depth there. Um, some of it is young, but it, it, it sure showed pitchability this fall and how they were able to command the zone and, and pitch – with more than one pitch, and uh, so I think you'll see some depth there. Defensively, uh, you know, we're going to have to do a better job uh, in the field. Last year was uh, one of the worst mm-hmm. fielding percentage teams that, that we've had here in a while. Even though we won 40 games, we offset that with some home runs, uh, which you you know you don't like to say you can do that, but if you're going to make errors, you're going to strike out, you better make up for it with some three-run homers, and, and we were able to do that. But this year we're going to have to play very sound defense. We're going to have to get that fielding percentage back up. And we're not going to be able to strike out as much because the long ball is probably not going to be as prevalent as we've seen in the past few years. And, 
And, uh, and that's who we are. You know, that's, that's the 2020 team that I see right now. That may change as we continue to go, and certainly we're going to work for that. But you'll see a little bit more pressure on offense with probably some more hit runs and trying to make the opposition make the plays. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to pitch a lot better and, and defend a lot better, I hope. It seemed to me last year, too, that one of the strong points of the baseball team, though, was the limited number of walks. Just didn't give up. You just didn't give up a lot of walks. Uh, it, it, no, was that didn't. was that my imagination? And if it wasn't, how important is that to carry that into this year? Well, I think you have experience that carries over from that last year. You know, that's always a uh, pitching coach's uh, at the top of his list when, when he's talking about his staff is to limiting the number of the, the walks, the free passes that we give the opposition. You know. And uh, certainly that's what Oz, Coach Ostrander, has instilled in these guys this year. We have people in place that uh, were a part of that last year that will make sure that everybody understands it as well. So uh, we hope that we continue to uh, uh, be successful on the mound, which will certainly help us to be successful overall. Well, you know, we always appreciate your time, Coach, and uh, we're going to be calling on you a lot now. We're less than 30 days away from baseball. I'll have to text that to Larry Warren. He's sent me about a dozen texts in the last couple of weeks, how many days left. So he'll be really excited, Coach, to hear it's under 30. I'll make sure I get that message out to him tonight. Well, we're excited. And, you know, I just ask for people to invest in, in our program, buy season tickets. And if you already buy it, encourage other people to do that. Bring somebody. It's our job to make them come back. But, you know, get them in the gate the first time and, and it's our job to entertain them and, and give them a reason to come back. So give us that opportunity, and we just appreciate everything that everybody does for, for our program and Southern Miss. All right, Coach. Thanks as always. Thanks, guys. Coach Scott Berry. Luke Johnson, is there a better man on the planet than the one we just got off the phone with? He's sure a good one, and he's a sure good one to us. Uh, always wants to come on and talk about Southern Miss baseball and his squad. and. Man, it's pretty cool. Uh, one of the best managers in the country. You get him on your uh, your show once a week to talk about it, whether they win, whether they lose. Right. Uh, class act for uh, always being available for us. Under 30 days, Luke Johnson. Under 30 days. 29. There we go. You're um, maybe I, – I, I think this is probably more exciting for you, this countdown, 30-day countdown. Than, than Christmas is. Am I right about that? I think you're right. Well, I, when I when you're as old that. as we are, Luke, 30 days is... A long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back. Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun-Herald, next on the show. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a rainy Thursday on a rainy week. Appreciate you listening to the Eagle Hour. Joining us today, Bob, Luke, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day. Home of the 895 Lunch, 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just near the University of Southern Mississippi on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. We appreciate Slade and the crew there for sponsoring the Eagle Hours. Thursday, so let's go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
and talk to Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Professor, a lot to get today, um, kind of just maybe a hodgepodge before we talk Southern Miss, North Texas tonight. Um, but let our listeners know about the uh, SEC transfer from Arkansas, the tight end, uh, coming to the Southern Miss football team. Yeah, Grayson Gunner uh, is transferring in from Arkansas. And, and you know, he, he's caught some touchdowns. He's caught some passes. Nothing crazy in terms of overall statistics. But uh, he's six foot six, 243 pounds. And uh, that's usually the size of a guy you can get out and maybe take advantage of that uh, size advantage you'll have on guys in Conference USA. So uh, we'll see how it kind of plays out. But, I mean, he was pretty well regarded out of Madison Central. And uh, he ended up there, and it's kind of, you know, Arkansas has had a tough time of it. This uh, this could potentially be an addition to an offense that really hasn't been able to utilize a tight end uh, much at all since Jay Hobson has been there. Yeah, we were excited about Driver, the, the Juco transfer. He didn't play this year. Ray Ladner maybe called four passes or so. Um, but it does give you another option in kind of a depleted uh, receiver core. you got a couple guys coming back. But, yeah, you look at who might be out wide uh, with Robinson and Brownlee coming in and some of those other guys. Uh, it, it does certainly uh, look like it, it could be um, could be exciting uh, for uh, the Golden Eagles also. All right, let's talk about also uh, to transition to basketball. you got an article up. Um, this week, uh, there's actually a, a big prospect on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Southern Miss. Are, are we in the running for Devin Booker? What do you think about uh, yeah. where his uh, prospects land? Yeah, you mean Carlos Williams? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, Carlos uh, Williams. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, the, Devin had Devin Booker in the headline, so I understand the <laughs> the mix up at the moment. But yeah, uh, Carlos Williams, uh, Harrison City, six foot six, uh, 240 pounds as a junior. Uh, Harrison Central, and he's always kind of been the biggest guy on the court, uh, but he's got the athleticism to really go with it. He's got like a 36-inch uh, vertical, and his shot's really kind of starting to come along, outside shot. Uh, is really got a high ceiling, and Southern Miss is pretty aggressively. Southern Miss is now offering him. You have to be pretty careful with who you offer in the course of a year, so they haven't followed through with that offer yet, but I would think that's inevitability. Uh, Houston has already offered him. And Baylor has already been pretty strong in him as well. He's already visited Baylor. Uh, they've come out to, to Lyman and visited him there. Uh, yeah, I would say right now uh, Southern Miss is in the picture with Carlos. Uh, Carlos grew up, in, I think, up until the age of fifth, uh, fifth grade. Uh, he was living in Hattiesburg. So he's got family in Hattiesburg, and this is a, a guy that Jay Ladner really likes. And uh, he really, Jay really wants to make a splash somewhere in South Mississippi and uh, say a couple of years from now, if he can get uh, Carlos Williams to sign with the Golden Eagles, that would be a big deal. So, yeah, I would say Southern Miss is in the picture with Carlos right now. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, six months from now if, if that's, the, that's the same situation. Patrick, along those same lines, would... when, you, when you look at some teams in the Mac Jack, you've got uh, Pearl River is undefeated, ranked fourth in the country. Gulf Coast is undefeated. Jones has only lost a couple of, uh, only lost a couple of games. Really strong Mac Jack Juco teams. And I know there's the set of twins that are playing for uh, Pearl River that are that are out of Biloxi. I think any prospects there with Gulf Coast, Pearl River, or Jones that that might be uh, in Southern Southern Mrs. Crosshairs. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen either of those teams or really uh, uh, idea, so I I just don't I just really don't know. Okay. Go ahead, Luke. 
Patrick, how important is the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, for the future of Southern Miss basketball? I mean, is this well, – we, we talked about football, about how South Alabama and some of the Sunbelt teams and others are coming in and kind of snatching peripheral and, and in some places have actually gone in and got some really good players that you would think the Eagles would have preference on. How important is that in, in basketball? What's the dynamic there? Well, it's, it's really been a while since Southern Miss has signed a guy off the coast. And I will say it's been a bit of a lull. There haven't been many D1 prospects uh, that have come along, maybe some guys that weren't great fits at Southern Miss. But I think maybe we're starting to see the corner. And I think Harrison Central is maybe kind of a target program that Jay Ladner will be at a lot in the coming months and years. Uh, there's a six foot seven sophomore by the uh, name of Sam Murray uh, at Harrison Central that he's expected to kind of be the next big hot shot. Uh, coming out of there, so I, you know, Ladner's a coast guy. He knows all the coast, the coast coaches, and they all like him. Uh, but here's Central Coach Boo Hardy. I was talking to him uh, just a couple of days ago, and he and, and, and Jay Ladner are good friends. And uh, Ladner's good friends with Charlie Pavlis, really good friends uh, with Owen Miller at Gulfport, Sieber Windham at Biloxi. So uh, if there are you know good players that come along on the coast, uh, Jay Ladner's going to do everything he can to kind of take advantage of those connections. So when we look at tonight, uh, Golden Eagles yeah. taking on North Texas. North Texas has been hot. Um, I, I feel like, Patrick, that the elimination of these runs, at the Louisiana Tech game, you give up a 12-0 run. Uh, just this past week, you give up like an 8-1 run. Another loss, you gave up a 12-1 run. Golden Eagles have been there apart from those runs. What, what are you looking for tonight for them to do, to not do um, against North Texas? Yeah, I mean, if you take the Louisiana Tech games off the board, Southern Miss is in the mix in a lot of these uh, games that they've come up just short in. And it's about being consistent and avoiding runs, really. I think uh, that, that comes down to, you know, giving up these runs. I think we can kind of look to the lack of depth on this team. Uh, there's just going to be moments where the, the five guys on the court are a little on the tired side, tired side just because they've been out there for so long. So, uh, <laughs> It all comes down to just finding that healthy rotation that you can put out there and have guys produce. Uh, so you just have to figure out a way to respond and avoid uh, giving up uh, those little stretches. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Southern Miss was competitive at UTEP. I didn't really expect to win that game just because it's such a, such a tough trip out there, El Paso. Uh, but, yeah, turning around here uh, against North Texas, this is a winnable game in Hattiesburg. Uh, Southern Miss needs this one badly just to get a little momentum going into the weekend against Rice another winnable game. So uh, these two games are absolutely crucial for Southern Miss to uh, be competitive and uh, try to chase a, a, a ter- conference tournament spot here in the next few weeks. All right, Patrick, you put an article up this week, too, that made me and Kelly feel really old. We're both uh, very familiar with Jim Carmody, and now you gotta you got to hit me and Kelly in the face with reality. Jim Carmody's <laughs> grandson is now a, a football coach on the coast. Yeah, uh, just today they made it official. Uh, Chase Carmody is the new head football coach at Pascoe Shannon. He is 33 years old. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know Carmody's, I think Carmody's, what, 80? Yeah, in, I think like he's that. in his and 80s, so, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, he's a defense, old, he was a defensive coordinator at Pearl, so he kind of follows that line. I asked him if he inherited the big nasty nickname, and uh, he said he's, he said he left that to his grandfather. So uh, there will be no big nasty at Pastor Sham, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Really, a, he, he follows Blake Pinnock, who, was, uh, who got the job at Ocean Springs. Blake Pinnock, uh, Southern Miss guy, he was actually on uh, Fedora staff as like a grad assistant. 
and he's somebody I really like a lot. Uh, is good offensive mind, and and, and let, it was only a pass career sham one year and led them to the first playoff win in program history. Uh, so I think Southern Miss fans will probably want to keep a close eye on Pinnock at Ocean Springs and see what he can do there. And uh, now Carmody, I think Carm, the Chase Carmody went to Delta State, so he's not a Southern Miss grad, uh, but he's from my hometown of Madison. Uh, coming down the pass, Christian, we'll see what he's capable of doing. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he's going to leave the nickname Big Nasty to his grandfather because I don't care how old Jim Carmody is, right. I wouldn't want to fight him. No, and, and he's, the, he's the one and only Big Nasty. There can only be one Big Nasty. You know, you know real quick, Patrick, uh, since we're on that subject, he's a remarkable man. I mean, he, he coached at all three Division One universities here, came back to Hattiesburg when the Golden Eagles let him go as a defensive coordinator at State and shut down. Southern Miss and, and Brett Favre, hard to overemphasize how successful he was in his, in his career, wasn't And he coached in the NFL in different, different spots, NFL scouted well. for yeah. NFL teams. A I mean, great, great football coach, right? Yeah, and, and, and people talk about it, you know, his head coach, but really his time as defense coordinator from 78 to 80 was really a crucial time for the program, and he kind of built that defensive tradition that uh, really, for the most part, kind of kept on to today. Right. Uh, where Southern Miss is regarded as kind of the main defensive program in Conference USA. So right. uh, Jim Carmody, without doubt, had a big say in the in the history of Southern Miss football. Are, are you in a hurry, Patrick? We normally don't keep you for the last segment, but we'd like to get your thoughts on the playoffs coming up Sunday. Is that good with you? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. i got time. All right. Reminder, we're going to be at Ramey Motors tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you're welcome to come by. We would love to see you. I'll be talking about four-wheelers and boats and all kinds of cool stuff. And if stuff. it keeps raining, we might have to do the show in a boat. Right. <laughs> we understand Luke is going to be in a boat tomorrow with a professional football player. Going to do some duck hunting. Good for him. Mississippi Delta. Yeah. Uh, we might have it's your to- segue to, to Ramey's uh, motors. We're going to be in a G3 boat tomorrow, okay? So it won't look like that Navy or, or that teal one that Kelly wanted that looks right. all, you know, sunshiny and, right. and Floridian. We'll be in camo tomorrow. There we go. All right, we'll be back. Patrick McGee going to stay with us. Going to talk about the NFL playoffs, the championship games, coming up next on the Eagle Hour. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Check them out online, toyotahattiesburg.com, or on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Great online inventory, or just drop by there and look at all the great Toyotas that Toyota of Hattiesburg has available. Well, uh, we continue with Patrick McGee of the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Patrick, just want to let you know there's an arrest warrant out on Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, maybe you can, you know, join up with Crime Stoppers if you see him there on the the Gulf Coast. The uh, NOPD wants uh, Odell Beckham in custody, and I know um, anybody's always wanting a little money for a tip. So just a heads up down there for you. Did you see that today? 
Yeah, and it is silly, but I mean, there's no doubt OBJ kind of made a fool out of himself uh, in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, I, I was impressed with his behavior, handing out money and, and slapping a cop on the butt. That's not anything you should do, but uh, I suspect that'll go away eventually. But that's his behavior was pretty ridiculous. I've never in my whole it was my monopoly money thought about that. I've never it was time. monopoly money. That's what we need to. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was real money. (laughs) I know it was. (laughs) You're winking at us as you say that. And, Patrick, we've discussed that (laughs) up here, but, uh, you know, passing out money to players like that, we're we're told that uh, the NCAA is not happy, and the people at Louisiana Monroe are pretty worried right now. They may get put on probation over this. (laughs) Yeah, but what's OBJ's benefit is a lot of those guys have gone pro, so it's not, you know, I mean, it's not like he's uh, influencing guys at this point, like – most of the, I guess Jefferson, he's already announced he's going pro, so yeah. uh, they're pretty much done for anyway. Well, and the story that you that that with all due respect to Patrick that we're going to break today on the Eagle Hours, they interviewed Ed Orgeron about this, but apparently there was no translator available to. <laughs> but he just said go Tigers. <laughs> yeah, they did understand that, but they didn't understand all right, the greatest rivalry in all sports: Ed Orgeron versus uh, the closed caption. That is the greatest <laughs> yeah. rivalry in all That's sports. Patrick. Uh, Championship weekend, Titans and the Chiefs, Packers and the 49ers. Let's go AFC first. Titans, uh, going into this game, my thoughts are the Titans control possession, but the Chiefs score every possession. So I'm I'm tempted to, to give the Chiefs the nod here. Yeah, I actually like the Titans. I like the way they're built. I, I kind of smell that against the Ravens. Uh, just the way that game's set up and the way the Ravens kind of run their style of offense. I remember watching Lamar Jackson in the playoffs the year prior, and he just played really, really tight and really badly, and that showed up at times for Lamar against the Titans. So I, I, I just, I'm kind of buying the Titans right now. Uh, uh, nah, I'm Kane with Hill you, is, Professor. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing really well. So, I, you know, I at this point I think I would take the in a in a tight game. Uh, I would take the Titans like by a field goal. And Andy Reid has a history of, of flaming out in the playoffs. So you add that. To the scenario, you this great run. Here's how I see that game, Patrick. They can run. Maybe they can run the football and keep Kansas City's offense on the bench most of the football game. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what they got to do is just control the clock. And uh, but they, you know, anytime they get in the red zone, it seemed like the Titans convert. I think they haven't kicked a field goal in a long time. So uh, yeah, yeah the, the Chiefs can score, but the Titans just always find a way to get in the end zone. Right, I, I like I like the Chiefs. I mean, when they got down twenty four to nothing to the Texans, a lot of people thought they were going to fold their tent and go. But the way they came back so voraciously in the second half, which is our word of the day, by the way, voraciously. voraciously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like the Chiefs uh, in this game, and so I salute the Titans with the run they've made so far. But uh, All right, fifty Patrick. years the Chiefs haven't been in the Super and Bowl, and then we have the Forty ers and the Packers. Right, Who do you like? Yeah. Uh, he sounded real excited, didn't he? <laughs> I'm kind of kind of a toss up to me. Um, this is one of those games I think that that we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, just the way the 49ers are built across the board, I would probably have to take them. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, they're kind of the new kid on 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 the block, and it just seems like they've got momentum behind them. Uh, they really handed it to the Vikings last week, and uh, and the Saints are just kind of still scratching their head on that one. So. Uh, at this point, I would have to take those 49ers. And, uh, Luke, you played against, actually played against Aaron Rodgers, didn't you? 
played against Aaron Rodgers a, a lot for uh, Southern Miss fans. Uh, you know, going in this game, uh, if you're a Southern Miss fan, then you're pulling for probably for the 49ers. You hate the Packers because of what they did to Brett Favre, even though they've reconciled. Um, and you got Nick Mullins and Tavarius Moore on the other side. So uh, Tavarius Moore, shout out to Quitman, Mississippi. Uh, I, I think the 49ers are too tough at home. The, the Packers really surprised me last week, but I just don't see them beating the 49ers on the road. A, a real cool thing to do today, Google the San Francisco 49ers. Look it up. Look up their coaching staff. D'Amico Ryans, inside linebacker coach. Wes Welker, wide receiver coach. It's pretty amazing the names on Shanahan's staff out there in San Fran. But regardless of what happens this weekend, we can report with 100% accuracy that the New England Patriots will not be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Go ahead, Patrick. No, I mean that, that's that's what every you know every uh, every fan that doesn't have a team playing this weekend they can just at least take solace that the Patriots are not. <laughs> All the Patriot hate on this show. It's that's right, buddy. All right, Patrick, we always appreciate you, buddy. We look forward to talking to you every week. We'll find you next Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. That wraps it up. Luke is gone tomorrow. He'll be hobnobbing with NFL stars up in the Mississippi Delta. Kelly and I will hold down the fort at Ramey Motors. And until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.